Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the show. Seth Dunlap, Logan Falgu in SEC Media Days front and center still over in Alabama. James Moran, editor for TigerAg.com, joins us now as promised at Smartest Moran on Twitter. James, what's going on, man? Having fun over there in Hoover? Doing well, Seth. I'm actually back. I uh, I only stayed for Monday and uh left in the middle yesterday. Ah, there you go. Hey, good. Beat all that traffic coming back this way. It's a smart veteran move, James. Uh, we'll talk a little LSU here in just a second, but I want to get your take on on Nick Saban in Alabama. I, I love the, the new – maybe love's overstating. I, I really like the new Nick Saban who seems to be more conciliatory and gracious in his press conferences. I don't know what it is if he's just aging like a fine wine. But, uh, look, I thought he talked about his legacy and what he wants to leave behind today. It's almost like the – um, I guess a, a guy who sees the end of his career coming uh, pretty quickly and and I, he wants to go out the right way, and I say pretty quickly, he'll probably be there for another decade or so. Yeah, I don't – I'm not entirely sure how much longer he wants to keep doing this, but I think uh, what I actually thought interesting about his comments was the some of the stuff he said about how their season kind of changed after they routed LSU that he said – he talked about guys didn't seem to be taking things as seriously and – talked about the staff and a lot of guys that were going to leave for head coaching jobs and maybe they weren't fully invested or fully focused or he, he kind of went about it in a more subtle way he started talking about that you know it's hard when you're thinking about a head coaching job to, to stay in the moment it takes an extraordinary assistant to do that I mean if what he was getting at was that he didn't think that uh his his last year's crop of assistants was uh was doing as good of a job as he would have hoped and I think look if you if you're looking for kind of what's the been the what's maybe Clemson ahead of Alabama in regards to, I think the, you know, they both have outrageously good talent. They both have outrageously good quarterbacks. I mean, they're, they're stacked all over the field. They all lose a lot of players to the NFL draft every year, but the one kind of edge that Clemson seems to have is that, you know, their coordinators, most of their Dabo Sweeney staff, they're able to hold on to those guys. I mean, Brent Venables has been there for a long time. Uh, They've had an offensive coordinator. that has been there for years. I mean, they're, Alabama, it seems like they're shuffling in five, six, seven new assistants every year. And who knows, maybe that's the we, – we've been kind of looking for years and years now for what's maybe the uh, the crack in the armor for Alabama. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, Nick Saban's assistants don't seem to have as long of a shelf life. I mean, whether it was Lane Kiffin or or Brian Dable, I mean, all, it seems like they just – they just you know, change a lot of coordinators every year. And, look, the, it's clearly not hurting them that much. They're still – if not the best team, the second best team every single year. But who knows? I actually thought that was kind of interesting the way he talked about that and kind of seemed like he was, you know, maybe even open to the fact that he needed to do a better job, which I I agree isn't something we're used to hearing from Nick Saban. Yeah, a little more self-reflective, I think, than we're used to hearing. And this LSU-Alabama rivalry, and I think you can still call it that. Some people think you can't just because it's been almost a decade since LSU has beaten Alabama. But the entire college football world, not just down here, but I think across the country, have looked to that battle here in the SEC to kind of determine supremacy in the conference and really in the country. And 
and LSU has fallen way behind Alabama over the last few years. And certainly when the coaching change happened from Coach O, uh, from Les Miles to Coach O. It seems like, James, that gap is closing, but every time you bring that up to somebody, they, they kind of scoff at you and say, come on, you think that gap is really closing? Well, let me ask you, James, do you think that gap is closing? Do you think LSU has a chance here to unseat Alabama this year? I'd say they maybe have a chance, but I don't, I don't think it's a great one. I think LSU has a chance, and look, I'm, I'm of the opinion that Texas game is really going to send LSU season in, in one of two directions. If they win that game, they'll be favored in every single game on the schedule except for that trip to Alabama. If they lose that game, then, then you know maybe you start to think things could maybe go a little bit more sideways. But uh, to me, I, I think LSU has narrowed the gap in a lot of places, but until I see it be more competitive at the line of scrimmage, both LSU's D-line against Alabama's O-line, and certainly the, the bigger mismatch has been Alabama's defensive front against LSU's offensive line. Now, look, maybe maybe this is you know the, the new offense with, with Joe Brady where they're going to have more five-man protections and more quick passes. You know, Joe Burrow gets the ball out of his hands quickly. Maybe that's kind of the antidote to what's been a problem because I, I think we've it's been painted pretty clearly that LSU can't line up in any kind of a traditional set and and win at the point of attack against Alabama. At least it hasn't been able to just going back to 2011. So maybe this is the year that, that things, you know, narrow all the way in LSU. I, I do have this kind of a hot take I've had and, and kind of thought about for a while now, Seth, but I do think that whenever LSU does eventually beat Alabama, and who knows, maybe that's not going to happen until Nick Saban's gone. I, I don't, I don't really know. I, I do think it'll be in Tuscaloosa, not in Baton Rouge. I think that LSU has tried, Ed Orgeron has really tried to go the opposite way of what Les Miles, Les Miles built the Alabama game and it's such a big thing and LSU would get so tight and, and, you know, they'd get up for it, but they'd play so tight and when they'd lose, it would kind of tank the rest of their season. Ed Orgeron's done a good job of not letting it tank their season afterwards. They've, they've played well after losing those Alabama games. Some years they've even won out, but I, I do still wonder if maybe too much is being made that game, especially at home. I mean, I thought they were closer last year and they really got dominated on, you know, their defense kind of held up for most of the first half about as well as anybody had against that Alabama offense all year, but LSU, they could have played that. They could have played for six hours and LSU's offense probably wouldn't have been able to put any points on the board. So I don't know. I I think the gap seems to be closer and that LSU is at least in that next wave down where I think, in the end of the Les Miles year, they were probably two waves down from, you know, there was Alabama, then there was teams like Auburn and Florida, and then LSU would even kind of drop below that. I think they're now at the point where they might have a legitimate case to be the second best team in the SEC, but I'm just, I'm not quite sure they've reached that level yet where they're going to beat Alabama. But I, I think they have a chance this year, but I'm not the one who's going to go out there on a limb and pick it. <laughs> James Moran, editor for TigerAg.com, joining us. So you think LSU eventually beats Alabama on the road. Is that a product of the pressure that the fan base puts on them, yeah, on the Tigers? I think, that, I think it's, it's, it's a little bit of that, but I just think it's, it's also about Alabama. I mean, the way that these Alabama seems to get up for these games in Baton Rouge, I mean, they clearly went out there – this past year with a with a point to prove and I mean that kind of it even kind of ties back a little bit into what what Nick Saban was talking about where I think after they went they went out there and and whipped an LSU team that was kind of perceived as the their closest threat at least in the league that you know I think whether it was assistants kind of 
starting to look towards the next offseason or players kind of reading their own press clippings. I don't know. I'm obviously not in that Alabama locker room. I, I don't really know the, the intricacies of what went on, but it was clear that their best game they played down the stretch was the game at LSU, whereas LSU played pretty played pretty poorly in that game as opposed to some of the, you know, they, they, I feel like the home field advantage looked like such a big advantage when they played Georgia. And, you know, that cloud was, that cloud was raucous. And I, I think the place was dialed up and, and ready for, you know, a great game when they played Alabama. But for whatever reason, these last, you know, every, every even year, it hasn't really happened. I mean, they haven't scored this in now two games in a row. They haven't, they haven't even scored a point against Alabama at home. Yeah. Uh, I think if, they're going to beat Alabama. It's going to start with quarterback play. I just, I just firmly believe that, and the quarterback play's got to get better. You wrote a piece on Joe Burrow and how he fits perfectly as LSU's leader this year. You can find that piece if you're listening at TigerAg.com right now. And there seems to be a big split among not just people nationally, certainly people here locally, on how good Joe Burrow can be or should be this year. Uh, James, do you think that he can be that um, elite or close to elite guy that not only could possibly beat Alabama, but maybe get them to that college football playoff? I, I actually do. I, I think Joe Burrow, especially in the offense they're going to run, it it fits very well to what he's good at doing. He's accurate, and he's a, he's a very quick decision maker. He's He, he understands how to run that those RPOs where – you know, you're reading off one guy, making a quick decision and delivering the ball accurately. That's that's what he did in high school. That's what he learned to do in three years in the program under Urban Meyer, who's, if not the best at running it, one of, you know, a guy that's thought of as one of the better quarterback coaches in terms of the, the spread offense that's out there, at least over the last 10, 20 years in college football. Um, I, I think that last year they were playing not as aggressively offensively. I mean, part of it, was that they had a good defense and they felt like the best way to play was, you know, really to be kind of conservative on offensively, especially in the red zone where they, you know, they kind of, it was almost kind of a, a crutch how good Cole Tracy was kicking field goals for them because they, they could kind of get really conservative once they got inside the 30 and they knew they would, they'd get out of there with points. I think this year they're going to, they're going to play more aggressively. They're going to play more up tempo. And part of that also is, is about that defense. I mean, I think last year between some of the injuries they had up front between you know, kind of some of their lack of depth at a few spots. They they weren't able to play as fast as they wanted to. I think one of the key. It, this is going to sound weird, but one of the keys to LSU being able to play as fast offensively as I think they're kind of hoping to is to keep that defensive line healthy. I mean, they're going into it with two good three-man units up front. One of the you know the first string would be a guys like Brain Fahoko and Rashard Lawrence with either uh, Apu Aiko or or Tyler Shelvin in the middle, and then that second nose tackle with the second unit, which would be guys like. Glenn Logan and Neil Farrell and maybe Justin Thomas. I mean, if they have the depth where they can rotate up front and keep those guys fresh, I think they can they can go faster and they can put up points. Uh, I, I think that that's really one of the key. It, I know it sounds weird talking about the defensive line depth being one of the keys to the offense putting up more points, but I really think it has so much to do with the way they played last year. And, you know, maybe if they're a bit healthier and a bit deeper this year, they feel more comfortable kind of turning that offense loose a bit more. Because, I mean, I think Joe Burrow is an accurate passer. He's a guy that could also run a bit more. We didn't see a ton of that last year because of the injury to Miles Brennan, which no one really knew about. But essentially they only had one scholarship quarterback and they couldn't risk getting him hurt. They have a lot of talented receivers. I mean, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall, guys like Derek Dillon and, and D. Anderson and Stephon Sullivan, who's going to be kind of a hybrid tight end. Those guys have all played here for a long time. And, you know, they've shown you they can make some plays. They've got, They've got good running backs. The offensive line to me is 
is still the biggest question mark. But I think Burrow is a guy that either if they're in a system where he's getting rid of the ball quickly or if they're throwing the ball downfield more and he gets a little bit more time, I think he can really play at a high level. Well, we're just a, a month and a half or so away from that opener. James Moran, editor for TigerRag.com. You can find his work there and his team and also find him on Twitter, at SmartestMoran. James, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. No problem, Seth. Appreciate it, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your summer. All right, you too. And, yes, yeah, the summer is going very, very quickly. And we are, well, we're less than 24 hours away from Saints training camp opening, at least for the rookies. One week away from Saints training camp for everybody. We're going to take a break. When we come back, LSU's still playing catch-up with Alabama. Are you falling for the LSU promises on offense again? And I phrase it that way, not because I don't think there is a possibility that everything happens like James just says, that Joe Brady comes in, he revitalizes and really remakes this passing offense into something that resembles a modern unit. I think that's certainly possible. I'm not saying it's not at all. But that's something that we have been promised here in southeast Louisiana and with LSU for the past two decades, it seems like, at least the last decade and a half. Is it going to happen this year, or do you think it's just false promises, false hope once again? 504-260-1870, that's the phone number, 504-260-1870, and our text line is 870-870. I'm Seth Dunlap, and this is The Last Lap. Glad to be back on WWL. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.